Today's lesson comes from 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. At that stage, David is dying. And he's going to tell his son something that I think every father would want to tell their son. I have two children. The Lord has blessed me with two. Ansley, who gave me the heart attack earlier, and Elias, who raising him terrifies me. It terrifies me for a multitude of reasons. One, I have to raise him to be a Christian man in a time that does not want him to be a Christian man. And the number two reason that it terrifies me to raise him is because whatever leadership failures I have, he could have one day. I want to be sure that he knows that God is ultimately his leader. And that is what David says to Solomon. Open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. That's 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Now the days of David drew near that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong. Therefore, improve yourself a man. And notice verse 3. And keep the charge of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, and it is as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. That's good advice from a father to a son. It's wise advice from a father to a son. Where would we go for wisdom? How would we prove ourselves to be a man? In my younger days, I was told you that physical strength made you a man. How strong did you become? Is it picking up 400 pounds? Is it being able to work all day and all night? David here gives us another way to prove yourself a man. To keep the Lord your God. I want you to think about that as we go through this lesson today. We're going to talk about your counselors. Who will you listen to? We're going to talk about your goals. What will you do? Your relationships. And we're going to talk about ultimately your character. If Solomon is the writer of Proverbs, He's going to tell you to take heed of your counselors. The first part is fear God. For such is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. If you want to, go ahead and turn your Bibles over to Proverbs. We're going to spend a lot of time there today. We're reading Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. It says there, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools 
despise wisdom and instruction. Turn over to chapter 9, and we're going to read verse 10. Again, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, is fearing God. It will prolong your days. It will be a fountain of life. Look over to Proverbs chapter 10, and verse 27. It says, the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Look over to chapter 14, in verses 26 and 27. It says, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. It's the whole meaning of one's existence. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13, basically verbatim it reads there, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is a man's all. Your ultimate like counselor should be God. And the fear of God is beginning the knowledge. It will prolong your days and is the whole meaning of our existence. Therefore, let God be your primary counselor in life. Listen to your parents. That's a fun one, right? Listen to your parents. <clears throat> Their advice will be like a graceful ornament around your neck. Turn back over to Proverbs chapter 1 and read verses 8 and 9. It's Proverbs 1, verses 8 and 9. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about Listen to your parents. Their advice will guide you through life. Turn over to Proverbs 6, and verses 20 and 22. It reads there, My son, keep your father's commandment, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck, when you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. Notice the word continually there. Continually. Listen to what your father and mother have to say. Benefit from the wisdom from those who are more experienced than you. That last part. Who love you. Who love you. There's no greater love between a parent and a child. I think everyone in this room who's a parent would agree with that. You would do just about anything for your child. Beware of evil companions. They will entice you to do evil. 
Look back again to Proverbs chapter 1 and 10 through 14. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait to share blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like shield and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil, cast it into a lot among us. Let us all have one purse. They will only destroy you and themselves. Look at verse 15 in the same chapter. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its own. So go to chapter 13 and verse 20. I love the contrast we'll get later in a couple of verses. It says here, it's another one. In verse 20 it says, He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companions of fools will be destroyed. Do you think Solomon would tell you that your friends matter? Who you choose to be around matter in your life? And of course, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15-33 that evil absolutely corrupts. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. We have a new brother in Christ. The easy part was yesterday. The hard part is today and forward. He has to choose what friends he wants to surround himself with. Because all the good habits he's been building to can be done away like that with their own friends. Same can go for us today. We all have friends that we probably shouldn't hang around. Friends we probably shouldn't be around because they're not about the business of God. I know I do. It is hard to lose those friends once you attach yourself to them. Be careful who you choose to make friends with. Next, let's talk about taking heed of our roles. Seek wisdom and understanding. Throughout Proverbs, Solomon tells us to seek wisdom and understanding. Seek for it as you would silver. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 2. verses 1 through 9. Beginning there, verse 1 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice 
He preserves the way of his saints. And you will understand righteousness, justice, equity, and every good path. Who will protect you from the evil man. Picking up verse 10, the same chapter. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. To deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the path of brightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the dead. None who go to her return, nor that regain the path of life. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. For the upright will dwell in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. It will be a tree of life and a source of wonderful blessings. Look over to Proverbs 3, beginning at 13. <clears throat> Happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding, for he for her proceeds are better than profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all her things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take a hold of her, and happy are those who retain her. Will not stumble. 
Take firm the hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Keep her, for she is your wife. Reading all that, I can tell you that gaining godly wisdom must be a priority in our lives. Reading our Bibles, studying our Bibles daily should be a priority in our life. The next thing on taking heed to our goals, we need to acknowledge God's role in our life. To trust in Him and let Him direct our paths. Look over to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. It's very easy to forget about God in our daily life. It's very easy to place Him second. But I believe we need to not lean on our own understanding and place Him higher in our lives. Fear Him and honor Him with all of our possessions. Continuing from verse 7 of chapter 3, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be a health to your flesh and a strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Here's the difficult part about this verse that's coming up. We have to be able to accept the discipline of the Lord. The Lord is not always lovey-dovey. Sometimes he disciplines us in things. And the hard part for us is accepting that discipline. Look at verses 11 and 12 in chapter 3. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Just as the Father, the Son, in whom he delights. Clyde often talks about the example of seeing his grandson run to the highway. And that if he didn't love him, he wouldn't say anything. He would just let him run to the highway. That's not love, is it? And if God lets us run reckless and never disciplines us, that's not love. And with God being love, we can assume that discipline is love. Let the Lord be your confidence. Right into verse 25 of chapter 3. It says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those who it is due when it is the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it for when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells with you for safety's sake. And do not strive with a man without cause if he has done no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways, for the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord. But his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, 
but shame shall be the legacy of fools. We talked about the contrast earlier. In verse 35 says, the wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. What is wise? Having the fear of the Lord, right? Knowing God, acknowledging God is wise. Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Right? Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. If you are doing those things, you are acknowledging God's role in your life. Those are the things that are proving yourself to be a real man. The next topic is taking heed to our relationships. Solomon would write to you and tell you to avoid the harlot. Avoid the woman who would entice you but would destroy you in the end. Look at Proverbs chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. 14, sorry. 1 through 14. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may persevere, preserve discretion. And your lips may keep your knowledge, for the lips of a more woman drip honey. And her mouth is smoother than oil, but in the end she is as bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lay hold of hell, that she ponder her path of life. Her ways are unstable, you do not know them. Therefore, hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give her your honor to others, your years to the cruel one, lest aliens be filled with your wealth, and your labors go down to the house of a foreigner, and you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed, and say, How have I hated instruction? And my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and the congregation. The adulteress would destroy your reputation and your friendships. Look over to chapter 6, starting at verse 23. reads there, for the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light, reproofs of instruction on the way of life, to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering of a tongue or seductress. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Give a man to take fire to his bosom, and his clothes not be burned. Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes into this neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself with starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all of his substance of his house. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonored he will get. And his reproach will not be wiped away. For jealousy 
is a husband's fury. Therefore, he will not spare the day of vengeance. He will accept no recompense, nor will he be appeased through your many gifts. It's quite the scene there. The harlot will also destroy the strongest of men. Chapter 7 talks of the story of the crafty harlot and how she entices strong men. But I want you to read verses 24 through 27 with me. It says, Now therefore listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways, nor stray to her paths. For she has cast out many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. beautiful woman or a beautiful man is a deadly enticement for me on this earth. We must avoid them when they try to entice us. We read about the husband's fury, his jealousy. I'm sure that a woman's jealousy can be quite as furious. And remember, a single act of passion can either alter or destroy your life. You can lose relationships, you can lose your children, and you can even lose your own life. On the flip side of that, Solomon would advise you to love your wife. He would tell you to rejoice and be enraptured with the wife of your youth. Look over to Proverbs chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Sorry, 15 through 19. I like how Solomon illustrates this. He says, Drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of waters in the streets, let them only be let them be only your own, and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the life of you. As a loving deer and a graceful dove, let her breast satisfy you at all times, and you always be enraptured with her love. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and embraced with the arms of a seductress? The Lord will know if you look elsewhere, other than your wife. He'll know. He knows all secrets. Picking up in verse 21. For the ways of men are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all of his paths. His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of sin. He shall die for the lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. The opposite sex can absolutely lead us astray. But being with our loved one or spouse through our life and keeping that marriage holy is pleasing. The Lord will have us in a marriage and to be joyful in our marriage. Look over to Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 9. Live joyfully with your wife, whom you love all the days of your vain life which he has given you under the sun. All your days of vanity 
for that is your portion in the land, and the labor which you perform under the sun. Some would say that's discouraging. Your vain life, this life is temporary. It is a vapor compared to what our goal is. Our goal is an eternity with God. Our goal is heaven. If I asked you to measure a thousand years, you probably couldn't do it. And now take that scope and multiply it by a number you couldn't imagine. Imagine the years that you could spend compared to this life. Our life may be vain here on earth, but it can be joyful. God loves marriage. And he will bring judgment on those who defile it. The Hebrew writer writes so. Look at Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. <clears throat> marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Ladies and gentlemen, marriage is not a social construct. It is not whatever imagination a man can come up with. As Reagan once said in a study, it is a God-ordained covenant between man and woman and God. God will have no part of evil. Marriage, again, is not a social construct. It is a God-ordained covenant. Finally, if Solomon were your father, he would have you prove yourself a man by counseling you to take heed to your character. Take heed to your character. He would advise you to avoid debt and sloth, or debt and laziness. Debt and slaves, especially when co-signing for another. Look over to Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. says, my son, if you become surety for your friend, if you are forsaking your hands and flesh for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself. For you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter like a bird from the hand of the flower. That is a very, very tough point for me to preach up here as someone who is in debt. And it's telling me here to not to be in debt, to not do these things, and to continue constantly to get out of it, to work as fast as I can to get out of it. Right? Continuing laziness will bring poverty. Pick up verse 6. It says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer, and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a proud. In your need like an armed man. 
go to verse chapter 10, verse 4, Proverbs. It says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor. But he who has a hand of diligence makes rich. Look over to verse 13, chapter 13, verse 4. It says, The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. That constant working, constant growing, not resting, not being there just to be there, not being that bump on the log. I think later it is written in this, if a man shall not work, he shall not eat. If a man shall not work, he shall not eat. That is not a man can't work. It is shall not. He is chosen to be lazy. He is chosen to not go to work. Christians should be industrious and avoid debt. Look over to Romans chapter 12. And verse 11. Paul writing there says, Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That does not give me the image of someone who's lazy. It doesn't give me the image of somebody sitting on the pew just to fill the seat. Right? It's someone who's working constantly getting better. Look over to 13 verse 8 in Romans. Paul writing again. Owe no one anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Verses for laziness and to avoid debt. The second part of knowing what your character, Solomon would tell you, is know what's an abomination. Know what is abominable to God. There are things that God hates. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. Sin and bring them back to him. 
or make them aware of their sin. Even our worship can be an abomination. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 8. Proverbs 15 and verse 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. And look over to chapter 28 and verse 9. to me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And the terrifying part. And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. Depart. That is a terrifying thought. Especially if you're in this room being a Christian and not living up to your potential. That's myself included and most of all. We talked about it. Our worship can be an abomination to God. We should be constantly being Diligent in studying and gaining the fear of the Lord. In conclusion, we could write tons of sermons about this. How to prove yourself a man, how to be more diligent, how to be more knowledge seeking, how to be more involved in relationships and our character. There are probably people in this room who could give the better sermon to it. But when we're reflecting, we need to be thinking about who are we listening to? Who are our counselors? What are we doing? What are our goals? Are we taking heed to our relationships? Who do we love? And are we taking heed to our character? Are we becoming the person that we want to be? Are we becoming the Christian that we want to be? 
We all have earthly fathers. We all know that they can guide us in earthly matters. But we have a book here that can guide us in spiritual matters, given to us by our Father in heaven. Use it. Let it help you prove yourself. It has been proven by generations after generation after generation. They have come to attack it, poke holes in it, and they can't. Use it as your guide to prove yourself. The words are here to follow. In this book, it has told us that Christ is the Son of the living God. And if you believe that, and you're willing to confess it before men, and repent of your sins, and be baptized, then you can become a Christian and walk in this life. We offer you that invitation today. We offer you that invitation at 9 o'clock at night. We offer you that invitation at 2 o'clock in the morning. That invitation is always available. And if you're sitting on the pew this morning and you're thinking your worship has been an abomination, you're thinking that you've not been living right, we offer you a different invitation. We offer you an invitation for prayers to confess your sins of their public. If you have need of any of these invitations, we ask you to come as we stand and sing the song. Spencer, let's go.